There's been a lot of talk about uh, plagiarism recently. Very interesting plagiarism case in Norway, which probably hasn't reached uh, what's been happening internationally, but there's been, a bit, at least over the past couple of years, a couple of students who have been pinged for self-plagiarism and threatened with you know, getting expelled from courses or expelled from universities. They've taken these things to the lower courts within Norway and the courts have agreed with them and they've been acquitted. And this has happened quite a few times. But then the uh, Minister for Health and Education. Now, isn't that interesting? What was the argument made? Sorry, just the, 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 I know you love to skip out <laughs> details so people can only partially understand you. I know that's kind of your thing. What sort of students? Undergrad, these postgrad? These were, I believe they were undergrad students. Okay, so they're doing assignments and shit. They're not publishing uh, formal academic documents. They're publishing internal training, essays. It could be, yeah. I I think most cases of undergraduate students and possibly possibly master theses as well, but not. this hasn't been related. This is not published. These are not academics submitting work for peer review. Right, so this is an internal university issue, not a journal's going to yell at you issue. Yes. The third party can't get involved because yes. there isn't a third exactly. party. It's about the relationship between a student and a Norwegian yes. institution. Okay, first thing you left out established. Let's get to the second thing. Um, what exactly were what? What is the argument that is made in a court? Uh, I think. I think these arguments were about whether this does actually constitute plagiarism. In these cases, these were self, this was self plagiarism, students who had used text Mm. from. Right. So they're retreading their own assignments. And they've been, they've had a book thrown at them and they've actually taken these, these things to the courts and the courts have acquitted them. But the ministry, of health, of the Ministry of uh, Education and, and Higher Education and Research has then taken these students to the Supreme Court of Norway because, yes. Good fucking yes. God. Is that, is that a, <laughs> sorry, I mean, yes. It, I haven't look, even got to the, got the juicy we like, part. We like, to talk, we like to talk about <laughs> academic integrity issues, but I would never think that someone's poxy undergraduate thesis is a Supreme Court issue. Have you nothing better to <laughs> yeah, do? So the, these, um, I'm not sure how many cases are at least, <laughs> okay. okay, I haven't even got to the juicy bit. So they- I'm waiting. So these court, uh, these have gone to the Supreme Court. Um, I'm not sure of the particular outcome, but- all that to say, the, the the ministry has come under a lot of heat from students and from a number of academics. Going, this is this is absolutely bonkers. One student uh, earlier this week thought, "Let's have a look at the minister for higher education and research." Oh yeah, let's have a look. <laughs> let's have a look at her thesis. She submitted her thesis about ten years ago. I believe it was a master, a master of uh, jurisprudence, and he found a number of passages which were directly copied from another thesis. And the stinger was that this is something you've probably come across, and that really was the incriminating thing: was even spelling mistakes were copied between the. Now, everyone loves a detail like that, don't they? Oh, it, it re- immediately reminds me of Nick 
Uh, old, old man, man gloom. gloom, Nick Brown. Um, it reminds me of him looking at the original Lazada papers where when they were using the mathematics of strange attractors to decide how positivity ratios work, which is space math and horse shit to the highest degree, because how could it not be? And the numbers that were in the description in the original paper were the numbers that were from a graphic that was in the original mathematic derivation because it made a pretty picture. Not because it made any sense, but the coefficients were copied exactly uh, without the slightest interest in, uh, it, it, I mean, it was so, I mean, at that point in time, like it's not a mathematical model because you just copied all the coefficients. So it made the picture look cool. Uh, you, you haven't actually done anything. This is, this is nonsense. This is a metaphor. And you're pretending that the maths works, but you just want something that sounds scientific around which you can talk. And this is directly equivalent because, you know, someone has written the bodgers have uh, dwelled in the forest for generators, uh, which I stole. The very sharp eyed of you will notice that I've just stolen that from uh, the Yes Minister show. <laughs> Apparently, that's how the Guardian used to write the bodgers. And then, and then someone has, uh, someone has copied that. That and its unusual features of something like this elsewhere. I believe the CIA also used something similar once to try to and catch, catch people who were giving away secrets that because they would put very minor mistakes salted through reasonably long documents. And if the quotes ever showed up elsewhere and it was something was quoted verbatim, you would see due to the segment, unless someone had retyped it and uh, – well, I mean, it would be very good proof that something was amiss. And on that exact same basis, your minister, whoever she is, is now in potentially tremendous trouble because it's I me. Mean, no one likes a hypocrite, Daniel. I mean, this, this has no bearing or relevance on the issue of the students whatsoever. It's just more, you've, you've, you've lost this. The, your, your moral high ground has turned out actually to be the slough of despond. She walked immediately. She oh, walked. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, so basically shit the bed. She, the, this was revealed by this student. Um, anonymous Twitter account, but um, he identified himself, uh, picked up by two of the big newspapers. Newspapers posted it, and within hours, she did did, did the press conference going, I made a mistake. Um, uh, I'm gone. So, yeah. Uh, of course, the newspapers are like, hang on a minute. Surely, she is not the only minister that has done something like this. And they oh, began looking. God. <laughs> they so, began the Norwegian looking. press is now doing their own Vroniplage project. Yeah. Yes, and which is for those of you who aren't aware, I'm not going to do a Dan is a more than ten year project that is mainly based in Germany, I believe. Although I know there are some other uh, other places, especially in I think there's the little hotbeds of activity in different other parts of Eastern and Western Europe. Uh, they look at the published theses of prominent public figures, mm. and. Uh, a lot of politicians have got rolled up into this, but I imagine not a lot of Norwegian ones because no. I, I, I can't remember uh, them working on any Norwegian stuff. I mean, it's been a very, very long time that they've actually been doing it. Um, and it, it gives you what, what it always told me 
was that there is a certain class of political dickhead and they consider their higher education or their contributions to research to simply be a kind of a a rubber stamp, a union Mm. card, something that they have to get so they can wear the veneer of education. And having done that, they are allowed to progress through whatever nasty little career they feel is necessary for them to have. Now, it's really fucking interesting that if they're bought their thesis from a thesis writer, from a ghostwriting service, they almost certainly wouldn't be getting done for plagiarism because ghostwriters are professionals. Mm. And the ghostwriters are not going around copying and pasting whole paragraphs from someone else's work on the same topic. That's not going to happen. So it's it's fun, I think, that having cheated in the dumb, findable, sloppy way, it actually uh, precludes them <laughs> from cheating in the expensive, difficult-to-detect way. <laughs> oh, this is fun. An actual story from Norway that isn't about oil futures. I'm, I'm enjoying <laughs> this, Dan. The second minister has also been pinged, uh, but she is um, she's basically waiting for the report from the university. So she's going, oh, I'll live to the university to decide whether this is plagiarism or not. Um, Ooh, okay. It's less, it's less clear. There's, there's no copy and pasting of spelling mistakes. Um, so that she has not walked and the PM has not forced, forced her to walk. Um, but the PM's basically said to all his ministers, check all your theses, Come and tell me if you've done if you've done a plagiarism. But this brings up something interesting because come and tell me if you've done a plagiarism. Oh, have you done a, this? Is that was what he said exactly? His exact words. Come and tell me if you've done a plagiarism. Is he <laughs> is he is he suddenly from rural Australia? Um, <laughs> come and tell me if you've done a plagiarism. <laughs> The the interesting thing here is uh, obviously ten years ago they were doing plagiarism checks. The the press went to the university where she did thesis, going, "What's going on? Why did this not come up when she submitted a thesis?" And their response was, "At the time, the technology we had did not check for other master theses or other published theses. It only checked for the published literature." Um, and that's Ew. That, that, whereas now they said, "Well, nowadays we do." So now our technology does that. So this kind of brings me back right. to this analogy of sports doping and this idea that if a sports doper is is being dodgy now and they hold their samples in 10, 20 years' time, they can reanalyze the samples and go, this, uh, th- this person, she was cheating. He was cheating in the past and basically strip them of any honors that they had. You're sort of within this sort of space a little bit or you have a knowledge of this. Do you think this discourages people from cheating thinking in 10 years time there's there's a decent chance i may be caught do people well, still do this no 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 that's a, that's a, that's a very interesting question so first first of all that's actually a very good question dan give yourself a little pat <laughs> on your rapidly balding head um <laughs> so i think the first differentiation you need to make in your very good question, is between the mindset of someone who's that good at doing an athlete and someone who is knocking through a master's thesis to completion, mainlining coffee and writing thousands of words of horseshit so they can matriculate from something and go and work as policy advisor somewhere. Athletes are ridiculously competitive to a fault at that level. And it doesn't matter what it's in 
Yeah, if you want to see the proliferation of this into an area that will surprise you, you should watch the documentary Murderball and find out just how seriously people take wheelchair rugby. Wow. Um, that is, uh, that was always interesting because I mean, it always seemed a bit knockabout to me because, you know, you watch it and they sort of clang into each other and because, you know, I mean, the uh, a person has an infinite amount of mobility compared to someone who's in a in a wheelchair so it's it's obviously going to change the mechanics of the sport heaps and i always thought it would be a bit more like sort of you know chess with clangs rather than um uh murder ball which is the it's full, full contact. <laughs> oh yeah and apparent apparently the most important t- person on the team is the mechanic like the but poor cocksucker western <laughs> well weld the things back together during the break I want to watch a. I want to watch a game now. I've uh, seen clips. It's 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 much more compelling than you might uh, imagine, and I think it's just uh, well, many many sports in that domain invariably are. I think there's a reason that some of them per- persist um, in the altered formats that they have over time. I think there's a reason that that's popular because I think it also attracts a certain mindset of people who have a certain sure. uh, attention to task and aggression, etc. I remember something that someone asked this. I can't remember when the great, great powerlifter and business owner, Dave Tate, uh, who runs uh, EliteFTS.com, which is uh, Elite Fitness, who has been powerlifting for about as long as I've been alive and looks like an angry old beetroot man. Um, who knows more about lifting heavy shit than everyone else has collectively forgotten uh, he was talking about his squat once when it was stalled and someone asked him, I think it was something of a joke on the internet, would you take an inch off your dick for a hundred pounds <laughs> on your squat? And I think his reply was, I was so single-minded at the time, I would have let you take the whole fucking thing for five. <laughs> You have to understand how competitive competitive people are. And they lose sight of long-term consequences because they are laser-focused on, you know, a bodybuilder is, I have a show in three weeks and I have to live that long. A powerlifter is trying to peak at the right time. But let's get out of strength spots. Everyone else has got a season. They've got a certain uh, – training regimen that they have to hit. They're trying to peak at the right time. They're trying to go through the champions. They're trying to manage injuries. None of them are 100% all the time because people are not fucking designed to do shit like run an 80-kilometer week to keep their mileage up, yeah, or ride a 300-kilometer week to keep their mileage up. Um, So you end up with a situation where those people – First of all, the like the morality around performance enhancement is completely different in general, and it's very it's one of those things that's very easy to armchair, um, and it's much more nuanced when you look at the reality of the uh, the the activity itself. The people who are doing sports at an, an extremely high level do not see a level playing field elsewhere and people have different uh, amounts of money, different amounts of sponsorship, different sort of genetic attributes. Uh, They come from different countries. They come from different regions within different countries. They get more or less support. Uh, And that changes. 
Hasn't no, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying what it, what it. I'm not saying that it. This, this makes drugs right. What I'm saying is, oh, it, no, fits, no. it fits into a broader environment of trying to understand a variety of interlocking competitive advantages, and it it leaves you in a situation where it's not sort of I shouldn't. It's a matter of cost benefit analysis and then detection avoidance and shit like that. There aren't that many athletes who've got access to something that is so deeply unknown and at the same time sufficiently proven to be a performance enhancer that this is going to be a problem for a lot of them. Now, certainly there are some, but to be able to do this, you have to have something that is uh, it, 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 it is probably in some sense uh, an anabolic agent to some description. I mean, it's either stopping you from losing mass or you are gaining a sort of neuromuscular advantage or you're gaining a recovery advantage. And and these things are all interrelated themselves. They're not explicit things one after the other. So it's more likely that if there was ever any widespread problem with that, it would come under the heading of a sort of a nation state problem. Hmm. So like the Russians, the North Koreans, the fucking whoever else invent something that is not particularly detectable. Uh, And then they hand it out on the basis of you have access to it because you were here and you were from here and now you are part of the conspiracy. Take that shut up. You won't get caught. And we know that that's the case because that's already happened. For that to happen by yourself, you need your friend, the rogue chemist, to go out, invent something that isn't where they don't actually know how to detect it from its metabolites or the thing <laughs> itself. It needs to work, and then you need to be able to shoot it while you're uh, while you're already in season in testing and be able to avoid detection. And then you have the problem of we, we're going to keep the sample on ice for 20 years, and eventually we're going to be able to detect it. So- it's a matter it may not happen but if you have a single-minded focus on right now the future is the future is a long long time away it's far more traditional to try to circumvent whatever's happening to you go missing when the tester turns up train up a mountain for six weeks when no one's going to be able to uh turn up and steal your piss um or or um This is not a sanitary example, Dan, but uh, testers have to actually watch you take a piss. I've I've heard this. They they brought that into being when it turned out, I do not know if this was ever prosecuted, but it certainly was widely discussed, Scuttlebutt. It turned out that people were, one- using what can only be described as an intravaginal piss bag oh. full of clean urine or other people this and this is this this as a gentleman you may find slightly more visceral were catheterizing themselves and filling their bladders with clean piss far out right wow. so when i when i say competitive mindset that's what i'm talking about now that's not everyone and i think there was sort of a a golden age of drugs that has to a certain degree gone away. And the, the problem is 
the problem is in many respects with the, the sort of uh, development on the, the front end of this. I think the, the problem largely is finding something where you know it's an anabolic agent that's actually going to work and then being able to get it and then knowing what you're actually taking and having it not ruin your health or longevity. So, I mean, if you have one season, if you get a 2% increase in a performance on something for one season but it, it fucks you up for the next six seasons, you probably wouldn't do that even if you were psychotically competitive because your eye is on at least even just a tiny little bit of longevity will get you out of that. But I don't think people think about the long-term detectability very much. And I think then uh, having having said a lot, uh, more than I was planning in this podcast about piss, um, <laughs> I think that there is an analogous situation to the degree that someone who is writing a thesis is often under pressure, extreme time pressure in some cases, but in others, just the regular version. They have a hard thing that they have to do. They have to do it till it's done. There's no way around that. They have a tremendous sunk cost. And then they have a eventual sort of performance criteria that they have to meet. And there's days on Thursday where you think, oh, Jesus, how am I ever going to see Friday? And I get everyone's been there to some degree. I mean, you probably have. I certainly have more with grants than anything else. So PhD wasn't very difficult to write. Um, um, and master's was harder, honestly. Um, but certainly, I, I agree. Cer- certainly, certainly with grants and other other applications that are similar, there is a point where you could get an hour back or an hour thirty uh, if you just sort of copied a thing. And when it's buried within a huge pile of what you think is verbiage and shit that no one's ever going to read, I think there is a voice in your head that says. Ah, no one's ever going to come look at. No one's going to read this bullshit in the first place. Why would I? Why would I concern myself with trying to make all of it particularly kosher? I'm in a hurry. I don't want to go around reading three things and then citing them and then paraphrasing them. I mean, so much of academic writing is paraphrasing to some degree. If you're writing about things that already happened, you know, hmm. and some of it is. It, 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 Look at these, these 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 fucking hooray Henrys in the last couple of weeks ago. We need to big project an element to define plagiarism in the first place. Cocksucker, there's like whole journals on accountability and research <laughs> and and a million examples of this going back a very, very, very long time. Obviously, if a large chunk of something is exactly the same as something else, that's fine. Everything else ends up in a series of extremely irritating gradations. Obviously. Um, so I'm imagining that what happened to these uh, the original students was what one of the obviously the canonical features of this is that if it was self-plagiarized, which is stupid, you should say it's text recycling because the plagiare is literally from the Latin to steal. You can't steal from yourself; it's already your stuff. Now mm. put put the put the dis, discount. The idea that there's also a publisher or someone else who has assumed copyright of your works is firstly, obviously, that shouldn't fucking happen in the first place. And fuck their copyright, I don't care. But also, it's ugh, look, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm getting very mildly worked up. When has that ever changed before? <laughs> uh, so. 
presumably the thesis for the Norwegian former minister involved some decent chunks of someone else's work, mm -hmm. which is much further up the kind of moral spectrum of naughtiness. And if it was enough to be able to include <laughs> spelling mistakes and shit, then uh, those, those, those details matter um, in an investigation like this. So mm, it really has been it really has been a, a good time for the old plagiarism, hasn't it? Yeah. Everyone and his mum was talking about it for a couple of weeks. I loathed the entire thing, of course, and and hoped that everyone involved would simultaneously set each other on fire. Um, I would rather listen to their mutual screaming than uh, <laughs> have to have to listen to what someone who you know oh I used to be really angry about the lab leak in Wuhan and now I care about plagiarism for twenty minutes just get onto your fucking next thing or whatever the, the next alleged moral outrage is and just leave this shit alone because you're obviously completely incapable of taking it seriously. It's a serious thing. It should be taken seriously. And that's why the whole Claudine Gay thing pissed me off so much. Mm. Can you give a, a, a quick rundown for people that might, might be familiar? Okay. So she was I, – I still haven't looked at this because I really don't care. And I find getting involved in American culture wars to be the activity of uh, pe people who – the the unjustifiably angry, the the morally self righteous, and the deeply fucked. So <laughs> I, when you say, well, she went the th and and by a mission in this very public hearing when she was grilled in front of Congress, she did an anti semitism. And like, do you actually believe that the president of this this person who is you would assume a very empathetic person, even though they're a university administrator, which has to be a huge drag factor on your natural empathy, and works at Harvard, which is pfft, same, um, is is still there primarily because of their relationships with other people. Mm. Right? I also don't think it's a job that you get by accident. So I think we can discount what I think is just the arrant racism of, oh, they gave her the job because she's black. Shut the fuck yeah, up. You don't know anything about this woman. Disgusting. You don't know anything about her, her work record or what she's done. Oh, she's a diversity hug. The moment you see someone who's claiming that, all I can ever think of is the preacher comics. I may have talked about this before on the, the podcast where they're, they're doing anti-terrorism training in this crazy sect and one of the titular characters of the book his name is professor star uh hair star i don't think he's a professor that's just me being right he says to the people who are training in this the, the anti-terrorism outfit shoot the women first they've had more to deal with and they're better than their male colleagues because they've come through an environment that's deeply sexist and unpleasant. So when we go onto the airplane and we see all the terrorists, make sure you shoot the women first because they're more dangerous. And you always have to put, which is not a nice example, but what it's trying to demonstrate is the fact that maybe the people who've come up in this environment ended up being better because they had more shit to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like I have met these alleged fish out of water people, people who are not of the demographic or expectations of where they end up. And there's, there's many flavors of that, right? And sometimes I have met people who in that environment who I think are particularly good at just about everything. 
good at dealing with other people, good at getting shit done on time, good at collaborating, nice people, easy to reach, who always have time for you. Like you can't say enough good shit about them. And a lot of the time those people are outliers Mm. in their field. And one of the reasons for that is I think that either there's been a selection mechanism that either meant that they were they had to be super functional to thrive in that environment in the first place, or they've simply been pushed into an environment where they realize that if they don't do twice the amount that everyone else is doing, and they are twice as easy to deal with and twice as pleasant, then they aren't going to make progress yeah. in their in their chosen field of endeavor. So let's put all the sort of inherent racism of that to one side. Right. So she is in trouble because of some alleged anti-Semitism about which I have no formal opinion whatsoever. And then due to some mechanism, it was some newspaper, someone writes some dossier about how much naughty plagiarism she did. And of course, absolutely no one read those fucking documents except me. And I read every single claim. Because... Also, because it's easier for me to do that than other people. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's muscle memory at this point in time. So I checked every single one. What did we find in the Claudine Gay plagiarism case? Some examples that were just fucking stupid. Example. In this article, she didn't cite her sources and it's too closely copied. It wasn't from an academic article that had a citation structure. She could not have cited her sources because you write things like that and then you put suggested readings at the end. It was like a general interest magazine for high schoolers and undergraduates. Mm. Yeah? I think sort of science magazine or Cosmos or something like that. You'd never go through something like that and go, oh, it's not cited. Fuck you. It's not cited. Obviously, the rules are different. One of the other ones is like, oh, she stole this language from the acknowledgments. It's the acknowledgments. What, it was that, like I've never a, heard of that. <laughs> it's a, it was a particular, she saw a phraseology. It's like, this is a particularly nice way of saying something decent about people. That's and she one. saw and she saw that and thought, do you know what? That's the exact right thing to say someone's thought about this. But you don't go, you know. If, like, if, 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 that is, if that's plagiarism, then every fucking loveless, thick-necked American dildo that did the love is patience, love is blind thing at their fucking wedding is also guilty of plagiarism as far as I'm concerned. They should, they should have their Milwaukee tools taken away from them. <laughs> yeah? I'm going right to the, right to the fucking priest. And uh, and have the marriage annulled because of plagiarism in the vows. It's that's that's just some nonsensical shit. Now, hang on, hang on. After that, we come to things where it's not plagiarism, but it's also not good academic practice. So there's one in particular where there's like she copied the language too closely, and at the start of the paragraph, there's a hook citation at the start of the paragraph. Right? So it was, it was akin to irritable bowel syndrome, 1962, said A, B, C, D, E. They're like, that's copied from the source. They go, yeah, but it's not fucking unsighted, making it not plagiarism. It is in fact copied. It's extremely well cited right at the front of the paragraph more than once. Yeah. So yes, it should not be included like that. You're not supposed to do that. But it isn't fucking plagiarism. It's just bad academic practice. It doesn't have a- Because the stuff was cited, just in the wrong spot. 
Well, it could have been cited in better spots. No, it was it was it was cited, but the the, the similarity to the source text was quite high. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's like the degree of paraphrasing was off, and there were a few sure. examples. There were a few examples like that, and then there's one where there's like, well, she included a lot of this stuff as paraphrased on page eleven without citation, even though she cited the same text uh, two pages earlier on page nine. It's like now you're splitting fucking hairs. Yes, you're not supposed to do that. Yes, we tell we we're very well aware of how credit is supposed to work through documents. And yes, people are some combination of lazy, arrogant, and kind of greedy. So occasionally, like things like that are going to slip in, right? It's and like if you held everyone to that standard, God only knows what would happen if you did that to every fucking thesis that was published anywhere. <laughs> and then, but see, and now having having said that, there are examples where there's like this whole paragraph is copied from somewhere. It is unsighted. Okay, that's plagiarism. It's a paragraph. It wasn't, to that, it wasn't to that extent though in the in the in the gay case. Well, I would say about. I don't know. This is a very rough estimate because there were a lot of claims and it was very fucking tiresome. And it was also a few weeks ago now. I would say one in five of the actual claims made me go, that is unambiguously plagiarized. Okay. So the reason this, and this is the reason I don't get involved in other people's bullshit or lockdowns because we had two sides of people who, and one side said, Oh, she's done all this plagiarism. There's a million billion examples of it. I haven't read the examples. I know they're there. What do you think I think of that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go from your eyes narrowing that you think I don't like that argument because it's (laughs) shit. Mm. Right? And then there are other people who say, well, the people who pointed this out are ideologues, ruiners, and shitbirds. So none of it can be real by definition. What the fuck is wrong with you? When has it ever worked like that? Mm. When has any when has any a- a- academic integrity issue ever worked like that? I mean, people will make that fucking judgment about me. I take this one a little bit more personally because people are like, oh, well, it's just it's just one of those difficult people pointing things out. They go around being professionally difficult, which means that it would be reasonable for a normal person not to notice, which means we don't have to pay attention. Ha, ha, ha. It's like there but for the grace of God go people misunderstanding what you do. Hmm. So basically everyone managed to piss me off. It was a small amount of plagiarism liberally salted in with some very lazy academic practice from a long time ago, salted in with some total horseshit that really makes – and when you see that, you know that you should doubt the intentions of the people who are doing it in the first place and you should be very suspicious of everything that's going on. Because they're going out of their way to make a case in a way that goes between here are the real bits to to make the whole thing look better. Here are some completely dishonest pieces as well. How do we find this happy medium though between ratting out genuine cases of plagiarism and dodgy academic practice versus people using this as a cudgel for their sort of ideological well Dan if there's if there's plagiarism to find I mean presumably the only the only level playing field here is when everyone is cudgeled you're not supposed to fucking plagiarize things there's a reason that FFP the great academic sins of falsification fabrication and plagiarism 
are what they are. Now, I think that in some respects, putting those into a sort of categorical naughty, no, never uh, element is very, very difficult Um, because it's possible to do all of them a tiny bit. It's possible for fuck-ups to look incredibly similar to them. Mm. And I would be more concerned about someone who's like, if you kill an outlier to make a model work, how does that compare, for instance, to copying some total boilerplate shit that you probably could have happily rephrased in a, a reasonably short amount of time? You know, then you end up asking questions like, well, what was the difference in the parameters of the model? You know, did it change the uh, did it change the effect size? Did it change the beta? Did it change the fucking significance? If you want to play that nonsense game, um, so yeah, I mean, was it designed to engineer a result, or was it just designed to make the graph look prettier? Both those things happen all the time. So, which one is it? And the answer a lot of the time is, I published it in 1997. I don't have a fucking clue myself, which is, you know, you have to have some sympathy for because (laughs) if the shoe was on the other foot. So we end up in a situation, Dan, where everyone is, uh, as per usual, everyone is picking their own individual way to be irritating about something. But you said, look, how do we we get equity here, Mm. right? Well- we are in a very slow, noisy, occasionally racist sense here, all collectively performing a sort of pub peer version of consumer-driven checking for accuracy, right? And the problem, of course, is the selectivity. The problem has always been the selectivity. And people often have said, you know, this is why are you picking on that person in particular? And the answer invariably is because someone told us to look there. We only have time to do things that we know are going to work. Look, I, I, one, of the, one of the most interesting things, one of the most interesting things is going to be, I th- I, also, I think there's an evolution here that is parallel to the present fuss around artificial intelligence. Because one of the, this is a very interesting wrinkle to this that makes me think that we might actually get some oblique progress on the issue of how should we understand macro research integrity issues. So when the New York Times recently sued OpenAI for biting them, one of the things that they managed to do was prove that if you put in a series of prompts, the chat GPT window would return what was basically a verbatim New York Times article. So basically, it was a plagiarizing LLM. And if you looked at the text, it very clearly was. There was absolutely no question that it was recreating the text that presumably is has a, the perpetual copyright of the New York Times organization. So one of the things that will happen when people say, let's let the computer write about what's authoritative in this particular domain. One of the things that's going to happen is that to prove that it's doing something like that, to prove that it's actually been through your shit, you need to be able to mass compare enormous amounts of text. So if you find, for instance, a 
LLM copy of something that you did in a place or a location and you need to prove it's similar to something that you already wrote or something that you have the copyright for but didn't write. There is a great big interesting delta at this point for how are we going to take everything that's coming out of these models and compare it to all of the things that are already there. And when that happens, there's the possibility of that being able to be done more neatly or more computationally efficiently because there's so much shit and it needs to be compared to so much other shit. However you choose to do that, like the core mathematics of being able to do that comparison has not changed for quite some time. And if some very, very clever person who owns far more EFF.org hoodies than I do figures out exactly how to do that, we may have some interesting new tools soon. And by soon, I mean sort of five to 10 years. I'm not targeting artificial general intelligence. I'm targeting like the ability to reckon with the consequences of computers promiscuously copying shit that is potentially elsewhere that they're not supposed to copy. That could get real interesting. That could get real interesting real fast. I'm really looking forward to that aspect of the space developing because I think it will immediately cross over into the plagiarism space that we're talking about right now. And how are we going to compare all the bits and pieces to all the other bits and pieces? You know, I don't think we can get a turn it in of everything. I think they have a full-time, uh, full-time staff kind of, you know, team of engineers, many, many employees who are doing just the academic literature which obviously yeah. is a little bit better organized than the whole fucking internet. <laughs> as much as it should be organized better, and we could do several episodes about my prejudices and, and psychotic hatreds that come within that space, um, it is in many respects much better organized than, say, every blogspot.com uh, piece of text <laughs> that's, that's ever existed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Every every word look at that, every WordPress blog is a very, very different beast to like every physiology paper. Yeah. I mean it's every physiology of- paper might be, I don't know, ten to fifty million documents done. Yeah. 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 Fuck. Maybe someone maybe there's that many WordPress websites that went up today, Dan. Who's to actually know? That's all for this for this uh, for this episode. We'll be back again soon. Um, we certainly will. Keep keep sending in um, feedback. Website everythinghurts.com and um, we'll uh, yeah we we'll, we we'll read them all. We Until love you. Time. Go to hell. See you later. <laughs> bye bye.